Congratulations, you found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. It's a very weird day when there are not three book girls in the room. I know, we're only two. We're missing... But don't be sad, cause two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> you like my meatloaf impression? <laughs> I do, but you had the rhythm a little... Little, little off. Don't be sad. Oh, that was really bad. <laughs> well, you know, I, I had a, a tape of him, a cassette tape of him uh-huh. live one time. Mm-hmm. It was not good. <laughs> hey, do not be just a meatloaf. I sat in the front row. I love meatloaf. You know, center I love meatloaf. and got to meet him backstage, and I, he was the nicest guy ever. I don't know why this one was so bad because everything else that I had listened to with meatloaf maybe was maybe he just was wonderful. having a bad night or something. Could be, maybe. He's a little sweaty, you know. Well, not not the most attractive of singers, but that's okay because I'm not that attractive either. So. He's not you the know. most attractive, but my gosh, he has a voice. Yes, he does. And he's a pretty darn good actor, too. Why are we talking about music? No reason. We just, well, because we're sitting here at a radio because station. Because I was trying to think, as we were driving over here to do the podcast, we're, we've got two things that are just so wrong about this night. First of all, it's not a Friday night. It's a Saturday night. And we're missing our third. Book girl. Young, cool, book girl. We're, Who's in cool. Mexico? Well, no, actually, she got back. She they they uh, their plane was delayed, and they ended up land, landing a day late. Oh, because they had to stay in the night in Houston and all that stuff. And they did get back, but you, well, know, you know, she's too Facebook, knackered. She doesn't yeah. want to. I saw a Facebook post that said spending the night in Houston. Yeah, now I know what that means. That's because their plan, their flight got canceled or something. So, mm, gotcha. That and you know we just randomly break out in song sometimes. Yeah, we do that at reason. home too. You know when we're like because we hang around together. I don't know if you guys figured that out or not that Bonnie and I are friends, but <laughs> <laughs> we get together and look at our phones together a lot. Uh, yes. yes, yeah, we do. But that's okay. And break into song and have earworm together and mm-hmm. all that kind of fun stuff. But that that is a very particular song for this particular day. Because, because there are only two of us. Two out of three ain't bad. That's right. So we decided also on the way over here that since we were missing Nicole, that we would have to talk about even more books. Right. Which is really not a bad thing because, you know, time stops for no one. Well, no. And I mean, we could sit and talk about books And I read day. books that like, you know, because last week we had the best of right. three book girls. But those mm-hmm. were books I had read way previous. Mm-hmm. So I read other books last week and I read books this week too. So I have like a huge backlog of books. Right. Well, I I reread um some Ken Follick books because I 
You I know Ken you. Follett, man. I know. She is I like the history him. buff of the world with old Ken Follett. Well, you need to meet this dude. You spend more time with him than you do with your friends. You know when the when when Nicole was talking about the stalker thing with Ken Follett. Well, you know maybe maybe a little. <laughs> no, it's because um, they finally came up with his third book on audio and. You know me. At the, a, library. At, right, the library. at the library. Yeah. And I'm yeah. such a perfectionist that if I haven't read a book in a while and the third one comes out, I have to read the other ones first. So <sighs> I read his other two books so that I could be right on track when I started the third And if you know anything <laughs> about those Ken Follett books, they are doorstops. They're huge. <laughs> way, well over a thousand pages each. So I've been reading that, but I did read two other books too. So, okay. so I'm good. All right. So do you want to start? I can start. One of the books that I read was A River Runs Through It. And this is one that I read because I watched the movie and I loved the movie so much, which generally I do things the opposite way. I read the book and I love it so much that I watch the movie. And then you're disappointed because the movie sucks? Well, right. That would be me. This is one that I've, I've watched this movie and I love this movie because it's just so beautiful. Yeah, didn't it win some awards or something? Um, I seems to me it won. Well, that it's that's not important. I do believe it did win something. But I, I think you're right, yeah. but I don't have the. And Brad Pitt was in it, so. Well, right, and that's all. And the dad, what's his name? Robert Redford. No, it's not Robert Redford that plays the dad, but oh. it's somebody that I really like. I've well, I've seen him in a Are few. Are you other... sure it wasn't Robert Redford? No, it's not Robert Redford. I gotta look that shit up. All right, go ahead and talk, and I'll be looking that shit okay, up. Okay, you look it up. And what this book is about, it is set in 1939, so, and it's in Montana, and it's about a family, a father, a mother, and two sons. Father is a minister, and the two brothers and the father are fly fishermen, and so, the but the when they go to fish, it's almost like a religion to them. Oh. And it's so beautiful, and it's almost like a, a poem when they're fishing. But you know, fishing can be like that if you've never gone fishing by yourself. I mean, fishing with other people is, you know, beer in the cooler and lots of yucks, depending well, on who right. you're fishing with. But, but that's really just hanging out with your friends. If you yeah. go fishing with somebody who is a true fisherman... Because I used then to they go holler at you for talking. You yes. don't talk yeah. because I've I've gone fishing with my uncle who is a fisherman. Well, was okay. Wait, wait, wait. It, Robert Redford directed it. Okay, all right. So you were close. Who played the dad? What's his name? Tom Skerritt. Tom Skerritt. Yeah, and he's been in some other stuff, and I really like him. Um, but anyways, back to the fishing. But he was a reverend. The dude, the dad, right? Right. Right, he was a reverend. But so, had, so maybe the religious kind of feeling that you're getting from the writing might be part of that, maybe? But it's, a, it's, it's not really religious so much as spiritual. They don't oh, talk about okay. religion so much, but it's almost like... But you get that impression? The spiritual element of fishing? Well, it's almost like a meditation to them. It's it's relaxing and it's peaceful. And when they're fishing, it's almost like they're in their element. It's almost like how they fish is how they live their lives. 
Okay. I, I could kind of see that, I guess. Because, you know, people who are fly fishermen are very persnickety about their stuff. Right. They're very um, particular. Right. They are very particular. And one thing that really stood out about this book is that each one of them have a very different style of fly fishing. They're all beautiful in the way that they're described, but they're very different. And it's almost like it's okay that they're different. It's okay that they have their own style. And each one respects the other person for the style that they fish in. And the thing about when they go fishing together, we talked about this earlier, is they go in the same vehicle, maybe, or Right. Together, mm-hmm. but then they split up because obviously you can't fish, you can't fly fish right next to somebody else. Exactly. The, the mechanics of it just are not going to, somebody is going to get a hook in their cheek. Mm-hmm. Right. And they talk about, they do do that and they talk they about. They get a hook in their cheek? No, no, not get a hook in their cheek. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help no, it. Because no, no. my sister they, did get a hook in her cheek one time while we were fishing. So <laughs> I used to always wrap mine around a tree. Well, yeah, yeah, that's tree fishing. Yeah, it catches but, some birds that way. <laughs> this is told um, from the perspective of the older brother. Okay. And he talks about um, how he will catch his limit or he will fish for a while not necessarily catch his limit, but he'll fish for a while. And then sometimes he'll just go and he'll just watch his brother fish because it's almost like a dance between him and the pole when he's fishing because it's so poetic. But have you ever seen somebody fly fish? Well, I mean, in movies and stuff, right. never in person. In person, it, it it is much the same as watching it on a movie because it's delicate, it is delicate. The, and the, the the fly, the line barely touches the water. Mm-hmm. And then it gets yanked away again. So it is a little bit like a dance to watch it. It's very graceful. It is very graceful. And to tell you the truth, it, after I watched the movie and read this book, it makes me want to learn how to fly fish because it's so... Well, because I'm sure the there's, there's some, probably it. somebody out there somewhere, Bonnie, that will teach you how to fly fish. <laughs> You could probably tie your own flies too, because you're such a Bonnie is an, an incredible craftsman of of yarn based products, and she is way biased. I am not that good. <laughs> well, I can't do small work, so um, anybody who can do anything like that is very high up in my book. Right, and they do talk about the flies a little bit about how precise the flies are and how and they they're don't so beautiful. Right, and they don't look like actual bugs. Right. Because they're supposed to be seen by the perspective of how the fish see it. Right. It's all, I guess, one of the things I liked, too, about this book is that it gives you a different perspective on things. And you know I love books that do that, mm-hmm. that make you think outside your box. Well, my box is, I ripped my box apart a long time ago. Well, I did, too. But, you know. <laughs> I it, do know, yeah. It's something you don't think about. Right. Until you, especially read if you it. don't come from it. I mean, I'm from Wyoming, and right? So that sort of thing is incorporated into your life if you live in some place where outdoor activities are king, mm-hmm. and you learn about fishing and how to fish and different styles of fishing, and 
and all of those different things. I never did learn to tie a fly, but I knew people who did it. And I've seen how beautiful they're little tiny pieces of artwork. They're beautiful. As a matter of fact, a a few years ago, and I don't remember the exact dates on this, but I want to say that it was 2005 or six, maybe seven when the, there was a big trend around for people having feather in, in their hair. Yes, the clip I remember feathers. that. Mm-hmm. And there was a big controversy between the hairdressing community and fly fishermen because the fly fishermen were not able to get the kinds of feathers that they wanted for their flies because the hairdressers were buying them all up. So, you know, they they... They value their craft to such an extent that it's inconceivable that somebody else could, you know, horn in on that in any way, yeah. shape, or form. Especially when all they want it for is so that they can put feathers in your hair. Well, I mean, to them, that's that, that was the ultimate sacrilege is, is somebody would want to put feathers in their hair that's like, as know, opposed to fishing. making <laughs> flies out of it. So that that's a perspective thing. That's why I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Um, and see, I didn't grow up around fly fishing because, you know... I grew up around the Great Lakes, so... So yours was fishing boats. Fishing boats and and shore fishing, so a lot of bait fishing, which is the ultimate sin in this book. You don't bait fish. (laughs) Bait fishermen have the same status as uh, sewage workers, I believe, in in that particular book. (laughs) I haven't read it, but just based on some of the things you told me about it. Right, but I guess I never grew up around fly fishing, so I, I know what fly fishing... I knew what it was, but I had never really seen it or understood the beauty of it until I watched this movie and read this book. So, so you said something about it not being very long? No, it's it's just a short story. And it's almost, I, I, I listen because I do audiobooks. I listen to a little bit of the next story and it's from the same, per, it's the same character's perspective, but it's like a different period in his life. Oh, I see. So, and so then it's, I didn't... It's, it's stories of his life, this dude. Right. Of oh, this okay. character. So, and like I said, it's A River Runs Through It and Other Stories is the name of the book. And it's by Norman McLean. And he's uh, he's got to be from Montana, the dude. The way that he describes um, the scenery and everything, if he's not from there, he's at least been there. Well, yeah, but yeah, he would have to be, I suppose. Right. So, so I mean, I. It, it's, it's interesting though read. the way you describe his description. Really reflects the feeling of many people who spend time alone in the outdoors, yes. because it is an extremely unique experience, and there is definitely a zen involved. Right. In being one with the earth. I know it sounds really cheesy, but... It doesn't, though, because... The silence of the outdoors is completely unique. I used to fish a lot when I was little. I loved to fish, loved to fish. And that's the best part. Is Of course, you like to catch fish, but just to sit at the lake or the pond, wherever you're fishing at, and to listen to the bullfrogs. And to hear, you know, the birds fishing in the water. And, and to, to hear, hear the, the plunk of your line as it goes in. Or the, the fish to come up to the surface and then go back down. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, 
I don't know. It's beautiful. I love it. So it's that outdoor Zen thing, you know, getting in touch with nature, being in touch with nature. And it sounds like a beautiful and poetic book. I Well, I thought so. I liked it. It's very, it's not technical at all. It's more about the beauty of fishing than the techno, the technical aspects. No fish finders? No. No. No, they did it old school back then. <laughs> Again, it's A River Runs Through It and Other Stories by Norm McLean. And hang up your waders because we're going into the suburbs. Yes. Martha, what did you read? Or well, one of the books that you read? I read a book called Today Will Be Different by Maria Semple. When I first opened it up, I just had a feeling I was not going to like it because I don't tend to uh, relate a lot to other women. Mm-hmm. Right. I understand. I do the same and thing. And the main reason is I don't, I'm not typical. I really don't like all the things that women like usually. Um, and I don't have a whole gaggle of girlfriends, right. that sort of thing. And just based on the beginning of this book, I thought, oh, she's a girly girl. <laughs> I'm going to hate this book. But the reason I liked it is because the way it was written, she was so freaking hilarious. She was hilarious, this woman. Um, she, it was, the whole book was written about one day in her life. The whole book in one day? Yeah. It was her life was her so life, interesting. <laughs> well it was one particularly interesting day. I'll put it that way. She did all kinds of things in that one day. If you wrote a story about one day in my life, it'd be got up, drank coffee, crocheted. Went to work, drove listened, home, listened to books, swore at people in traffic. <laughs> Went to bed. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to read just the first uh, little bit of this for you because it's a, the funny part is, well, that's not the only funny part, but the book begins and ends in exactly the same way. Really? Yes. Mm. She uses exactly the same paragraph for the beginning and the end. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. All right. I'm going to read this to you. Today will be different. Today, I will be present. Today, anyone I speak to, I will look them in the eye and listen deeply. Today, I will play a board game with Timby. I'll initiate sex with Joe. Today, I'll take pride in my appearance. I'll shower and get dressed in proper clothes and change into yoga clothes only for yoga, which today I will actually attend. Today, I won't swear. I won't talk about money. Today, there will be an ease about me. My face will be relaxed. It's resting place a smile. Today, I will radiate calm. Kindness and self-control will abound. Today, I will buy local. Today, I will be my best self, the person I am capable of being. Today will be different. Okay, this kind of sounds like a self-help book. Yeah, and this is why, as you know, I am really not a big fan of self-help books. <laughs> yeah, if I would have read that first paragraph, I would have been about yeah. the same as you. <laughs> but you know what? It, it was it was on one of the lists, and there we go again. Don't judge a book by its cover. Yes, or by its true. first paragraph. <laughs> um, like I said, I couldn't really relate a lot to the main character because she was she's a stay-at-home mom which I was a stay-at-home mom mm -hmm. but her husband was a doctor mm. so she was particularly um well cared for we'll put it that way yeah. she didn't really have to worry about money or 
right. you know, some of these other things. Her life and my life were pretty much different. Mm-hmm. Um, but her sense of humor is just freaking hilarious. This woman, her kid calls her from school. Timby is her kid's name. And I don't remember exactly how old he is, but I want to say eight or nine in this uh-huh. book. And he calls her from school and he's at the nurse's office and he mm-hmm. has a tummy ache. Mm-hmm. And she walks in there and she's like, you really better be sick. You had a tummy ache twice last week and I don't think you're really sick. I think you're faking. And you know what? That's just like me. I was terrible that way. I'd be like, if you don't have a fever, you're freaking going to school. I did that one time. I, you know, my son called me and told me he was sick and everything. And I'm like, you better really be sick because this is a really busy day at work and it's going to be hard to go. It's like, I really am sick, mom. I'm like, all right. And then they make you feel guilty in front of the school people. And yeah, I did feel guilty because he threw up in the hallway when I went to pick him up. I'm like, honey, I'm so sorry. You like really the time are I went, sick. like the time I my mother. my son broke his little <laughs> finger, and I told him, "Oh, it's nothing. Just get over it." And two weeks later, I finally took him to the doctor, and he had a broken finger. <laughs> oh, poor thing. <laughs> sorry, sweetie. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's when I started to like her. You know, uh-huh. after that, I'm like, okay, I can relate to this woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> her whole and she's a little bit paranoid and she's a little bit strange like me. Mm-hmm. She's a, uh, what do you want to call it? An illustrator type person. She's an artist. Mm-hmm. And she's been writing a book for like eight years. She's had this assignment, I guess, from an editor to write mm-hmm. this book mm-hmm. that she still hasn't written. Mm-hmm. So she's a procrastinator on a grand scale, just like me, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Um, she runs into, well, first of all, she forgets who she's having lunch with. Which sounds like something you might Yeah. So she's got it on her calendar. She's supposed to have lunch with somebody, but she can't remember who it is. So she thinks it's this one lady. So then when all this stuff starts happening with her kid, she calls this woman and says, oh, I'm not going to make it to lunch, you Mm -hmm. know? And then, well, first she calls, wait a minute, how does that work? She calls and says, yes, I'm going to be there. Um, I can't wait for our lunch. And she's standing there and the school nurse is looking at her with a disapproving eye. Because, you know, she's supposed to be (laughs) taking her sick kid home. So then she she calls her back up after she gets out in the parking lot. She's like, never mind. I'm definitely coming. He's going to go back to school after I take him to the doctor, the little liar, you know, type Uh. stuff. (laughs) So so then she decides, okay. I'm going to take the kid over to my husband's doctor's office and he can hang out over there while I go to lunch. So she goes over there, but her husband's not there. Uh Uh-oh. And he hasn't been there all week. He's on, air quotes, vacation. Um. So this begins. Now you can see why this whole day is like a catastrophic day for this woman. It's one of those game changer kind of days. Right, right. So... So then she gets to the lunch finally, which she ends up taking her son with her because she's all freaked out after, you know, finding out her husband's doing something untoward because uh-huh. he's kissed her goodbye this morning and gone to air quotes work. Yeah. When really he's on air quotes vacation. <laughs> right. So um, she goes to lunch and she takes Timby with her. But the person that she sees when she gets there 
is this guy that was her intern back in the day whom she fired. Mm -hmm. And then she looks back at her calendar and she's like, oh, did I say I was going to have lunch with you? Oh, yeah, I sent you an email, remember? So she looks at the email and the email says, oh, yeah, I can't wait. You know, and so she writes it on her calendar and then doesn't remember. Hmm. So it's the ultimate awkward situation yes. with this guy, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just the tip of the iceberg in this weirdness of this day that this woman's having. But really, the brilliance of the book is all about the style in which it's written. Mm-hmm. Because you think, oh, I'm not going to like this at all. This, this woman does nothing like me. But she's hilarious. And she's so <laughs> flawed. You'd think, oh, on the outside, it looks like she has a perfect life, right? And her, her hus- husband's a doctor. She has a kid. She's a stay-at-home mom. Well, guess what? <laughs> not so perfect. <laughs> oh, I had the most fun reading this book. I read it in like a day. Because it was just one of those where I was so entertained by it the whole time. I was having a blast reading about this goofball of a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Now, having said that, I always do this. I never look at what other people think about a book Mm -hmm. until after I've read it and I'm looking it up. Right. So I'm looking it up to get make sure I get the author right, because I do listen to um, audio books. So I I finish reading them and then I return to the library and I don't always pay that much attention. So. I looked it up real quick and it came up on on Goodreads, Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And the people that read it only gave it three stars. And I'm like, what? How come? Why did they only give it? Do they not like the flawed character? I don't know. I guess they want perfection in their reading. I guess it was just a bright light of weirdness in my life on that day. Maybe I just really needed a good laugh. I don't know. Hmm. But you know what? I don't. I mean, I, I do look at the lists and pay attention to what people like to see if I like the same thing but I don't necessarily yeah, I don't like all of the books that no are... I know for a fact that I do not because if you look up one of the things that drives me freaking crazy about the library mm-hmm. n- n- and it's not really the library's fault okay because the library recommends books other people read right right so you go and you go um, there, there's a new feature in the Metro Libraries um, overdrive that's called Surprise Me. Uh, so I'm like, oh so man, highly rated books. This is cool. I'm gonna have them surprise me and read a cool book. So I press it, and you know what comes up? James Patterson. Ugh. And I'm like, which he's a he's an okay writer. Dude, there's no surprise care. in James Patterson whatsoever. Everybody freaking reads James Patterson. Yes. I'm not interested in reading James Patterson. Mm-hmm. You know, to all the all those people out there who love James Patterson, no offense. It's just that I want something different. Right. I mean, he is a good writer. He has to be, or else he wouldn't have sold so many books. And, and his, his earlier work be... was absolutely brilliant, and I really, really loved his earlier right. work, but. As time went on. But to tell you the truth, I've read a couple of James Patterson books and he is not one of my favorites. He does not make me want to read, but that's my own preference. Well, and and it becomes glaringly clear to me over time how bizarre I am as a person. Glaringly, Bonnie. (laughs) Because I'm looking around trying to find somebody to be our third today. 
Uh-huh. You know how hard it is to find somebody who freaking reads oh, yes. in this day and age? It is difficult. Holy. I felt absolutely, I don't know. Maybe it's just that I don't hang out with a lot of people. Maybe I need more female friends who read. Nothing against you, of course, because you're the perfect friend. But it just makes me so sad that people don't read. It does. But it also is a matter of what people read. I've had female friends, but they read romance novels and books that I really... And I'm glad that they read and, and, you know, it's good that they like that, but I don't necessarily like it. Those aren't the kind of books you talk about, though. I mean, that's like talking about porn. Well, you know. Because that's what a romance novel is for a woman. The person who convinced me. It is porn. Thank you very much, ladies. That's how women do porn. They read romance novels. The person who recommended Fifty Shades of Grey used to talk about reading that and she's the one who convinced me to read it which I did not like that book I'm sorry for anybody who did like that book but I did not like it whatsoever did not read the other two but she loved it it doesn't mean that it's an it's bad but I don't want to talk about it with her because I hated the book (laughs) so (laughs) it's it's just a matter of finding somebody who has the same kind of interests that you do and even though we don't have a lot of the same tastes and books we have enough in common with books that we can find some yeah, kind of neutral ground. I just wish that people talked about books as freely as they talk about movies like yes, in public and stuff that's very you true. know you don't just if you're having a conversation if you say to a person any person have you read any good books lately they look at you like you have a third eye in your forehead I know. Or if you're like me and they talk about a movie, they start talking about a movie. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this reminds me of a book that I read. I have to tell you about it. They look at you like, what? You read a book? I don't understand. (laughs) And you're like, no, no, it was a great book. I I almost put out a call on Facebook today for a third Uh because all the people that I know were like, eh, eh, you know. Yeah, well, I haven't read anything good to uh, yeah, it. I, yeah, I re- it's been a long time since I read a book. I just watched Netflix. Hmm. Whatever. Which I love a good Netflix. I spend a lot of time watching Netflix. I am not against that at all. But I really do love to read. Now that I'm off my soapbox, let's talk about something more fun. <laughs> oh, bl- wait, I got to go back. I got to say the name of the book that I liked And was... the author. Today Will Be Different by Maria Semple. It sounds like an interesting book. It wasn't interesting. It was hilarious and fun, and I had a good time reading it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's good. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a, a good, fun book. A completely guilty pleasure type book. Right. And talking about guilty pleasures, oh. the third book that we were going to talk about is one that we have both read, and it's called A Dirty Job by Christopher Moore. And this is the reason, my friends, that the two of us don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> because our sense of humor is so completely dark and twisted. Because this is a very... That people fear us. <laughs> dark and twisted book. <laughs> I the talk darkest. to people about this book and they're like... What? Yeah, I think we we when we first um, became friends, um, we were we lived in a small small Oklahoma town, 
And we tried to get a book club together. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we have two or three other moms there, and we're talking about this book. And boy, there were some crickets in the room that day. I, I'm here to tell there you. There was. Yeah, there when we was. started telling them about Christopher Moore. He is definitely an acquired taste. He is. His sense of humor is very dry, very dark, very twisted. And I love it. I love his books. Now, some of them are a little out there. I have oh, tried to read yeah. a few of his books that are just way too, way too do out there. Do not read. Uh, sorry, Christopher, but do not read The Lust Lizard of Melancholy Cove. Melancholy Cove. Yeah. I think I tried to read that one. It was and pretty terrible. I, I love you, Christopher. I do. But that was terrible. Now, going on to the reason I love him. The first book I ever read from Christopher Moore was A Dirty Job. And within the first probably chapter, first few paragraphs, you learn a lot about this guy. Yes. He describes himself as... Are you talking about the character? Yeah. Yes. As a beta male, mm-hmm. not an alpha male. He's the second string kind of guy. And right. he's proud of this fact. Yeah, he's totally okay with that. Yes. He's okay with taking a back seat. He doesn't want to be the driver. Nope, he does not. And he is ultra super paranoid about everything. Yes. And so when his his wife is going into the hospital to have their first child, he is worrying about everything. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, what if this happens? What if this happens? And his wife is Jewish, so he's worried about his daughter growing up to be a shiksa. Yeah, but you know, surprisingly, his wife was very non-paranoid. No, nope, she was very, very calm, opposite. Very laid back and he is just a little he's a fussy little guy is what he, he is. He's a, a fussy, fussy little, little guy, guy mm-hmm. about everything and so he's in there, "Oh, can I get you something? Can I rub your feet? Can I do this? Can I do that?" And she's like, "Oh, stop." <laughs> yeah. Right. Which she's she's nicer about it, obviously, well, yeah, but obviously, you yeah. know, still. And he says, "Well, um, so then they have the baby. She she has the baby. Everything goes well." And then he goes, oh, but you need your Sarah McLaughlin CD. I'm going to get it for you. So you'll be more comfortable. So he leaves the hospital. And when he comes back, there's this dude in her room. Mm-hmm. This very super tall black man, too tall, thin, bald black man. In a mint, a mint green suit. Mint green leisure suit. Yes. Leisure suit. Which in itself... Is freaking hilarious. It, yes. It's Especially funny. when he introduces himself as Minty Green. Minty Fresh. Minty Fresh. Sorry. Minty Fresh. It's been a while since I've read this book. Minty Fresh. <laughs> and I can just picture him in my head. I don't. The I love Minty. Minty Fresh is one of my favorite characters. As a matter of fact, one of the guys that comes to work, he is not a tall black man, by the way, but he wears this mint green shirt. And every time he comes to work, I'm like, ooh, Minty Fresh. <laughs> I can't help myself. (laughs) So um, the tall black guy, he's very surprised when, God, what's the guy's name? I can't remember. Charlie Asher. Okay. Yeah. He's surprised that Charlie can see him. Yes. In fact, he's shocked that Charlie can see him. Mm -hmm. And we learn seconds later that his wife is dead. Mm Mm-hmm. So there begins the journey for Charlie Asher. Mm-hmm. And 
or Minty Fresh is actually there to collect her soul. To collect her soul, which was it in the Sarah? I think it was in the Sarah McLaughlin CD. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Right. I that I had to. I was trying to remember, but so yeah, I know it sounds weird. It sounds super freaking bizarre because it is, but that's just the beginning. Yes, and and then so Charlie Asher can see the soul in the CD because it glows red, right? Minty fresh, and after this happens, he becomes a collector of souls himself and. There's a manual called the Great Big Book of Death, right? which arrives at his secondhand store, mm-hmm. which he runs in uh, the uh, lower part of the apartment that he lives in, apartment building that he lives in. In New York City, right? Right. It's in New York City. Right. So he walks in there and he sees all this stuff glowing in the secondhand store mm-hmm. and gets totally freaked out. And of course, he's paranoid anyway, so... He doesn't read the Great Big Book of Death. One of his employees reads it. Right. Which I love her character, She too. is freaking hilarious. What was her oh, name? I don't remember man. her name, but oh my gosh, I loved her character. She's like a goth girl. Very goth. Super goth. Um, and of course, she's kind of got the secret hots for Charlie for a yeah, while. Very sarcastic. Funny. Oh my gosh. So the humor in this is so dry. but Very, very dark, dark humor. But he doesn't... He doesn't want to be a soul collector, so he decides that he's just going to ignore it. And lists keep showing up at his house. They, they, it shows up on his bedside table every morning when he wakes up. He sees a date, or a, is it a date, a time, and, and, a, and name. a person, and a name, right. And or is he, it a, a name, address, date? I don't remember, but something shows up on this right. list, and he ignores it. He's supposed it. to be go, going to collect these souls, and, and he's ignoring the fact that this exists because he thinks it's ridiculous and hilarious. Right. And well, there's re- repercussions to not collecting the souls, so weird things start happening, which is so then, the story. Of course, Minty Fresh won't talk to him because he's not. they're not supposed to talk to each other. He was supposed to read the book, but he didn't read the book. Right. So then he goes and he looks Minty Fresh up and finally convinces him to tell him a little bit about what's going on and that if he doesn't get his shit together and start collecting those souls, then something really super bad is going to happen. Well, in the meantime, the spirits of the dead, the really bad ones, start to rise up from the sewers in the Mm -hmm. form of these ancient gods. Right. Which are almost like like harpies. Right, like harpies are really big black birds. Birds, yeah. So they're they're terrible, frightening um, beings that can only become form, uh, can only become solid after consuming souls. Right. So sort of devil type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So they're lurking down in the sewers, just waiting for all these souls to build up, and then they can go out and you know get and- some form and start to. Oh, I don't know. Take over the earth. Little stuff like that. Right. You know, basic story of taking over the earth. Yeah. And in of, the meantime, Charlie's little sweet daughter. Right. Because he's a single parent. He's raising this this little girl. And the real fun fun part about that is, is that because he's a single dad, he has two neighbors, an old Chinese woman and an old Russian woman. Yes. 
And they become his nannies. And oh my God, it is so they hilarious. Oh, she's funny. strong like bear. <laughs> You're strong like bear. <laughs> yes. So, so you have that element of humor as well. That you find out that the baby daughter is uh, some sort of supernatural being herself. Because when she begins to talk and she says kitty to someone, they die. Yes. Mm-hmm. So her dad has to convince her not to say that word anymore. And all of a sudden, these two hellhounds show up in her bedroom to protect her mm-hmm. because, oh, I don't know, she might be death. Is she, I don't know. Is she, she might be death. I mean, she has the power to make people die. Right. So now if this does not hook you at all, then just don't read the book because it gets way weirder than that. <laughs> I think I would judge you as a friend, knowing that you loved this book as much as I did. <laughs> Actually, our friend Christy, the one that was in here as a guest, uh-huh. one of the reasons that I instantly loved this woman is that she liked that book. Does she Does she like she that does, book? She does, yes. That Actually, she was going to be our guest tonight, but she got laryngitis, so. Aww. Yeah, you can't really talk on the podcast yeah, if you have laryngitis. Yeah, laryngitis is definitely not something you can power through when you're right. a, a speaker, mm-hmm. so... But I will have to say that there are two books of this. There's A Dirty Job and Secondhand Souls. And both the second book is just as good as the first. They're both so strange that you can't possibly explain them. Yeah. So if you read one, make sure and check out the second one at the same time because you're going to want to read that we one. We had too. to wait a really long time for the second one. I mean, he wrote probably eight or ten books in between yes. uh, the first one and the, and the, uh, the sequel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Christopher Moore, I think he may be soul related to us in some way. Must be. And if I ever get the opportunity to meet him, I just might kiss him on the lips. I don't know. He may be one of the few people that, you know, I give a random hug to. (laughs) (laughs) He's so strange. He would just fit right in with us. So now that you've listened to the two of us yammer on. Right. For a while. Without um, our third book. I know. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> Was that a little better? That's better. Thank you. Yes, better. I got to work on that. Maybe I should take voice <laughs> lessons. You're perfect in every way, honey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If you were a great singer, it would just make me an even worse singer than I already am. <laughs> no, I think we can hold our own together. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, we used to play rock band together, too. That was a hoot, that wasn't was it? Fun. When our boys were young, <laughs> yes. we'd be singing. They'd be playing drums and guitar. What great moms we were, huh? We were cool moms. Yeah. Not Ask the, them not, that now. No, they won't agree That's not with their you. answer. Especially after, you know, you yell at them for being messy. Yeah. Stupid teenage boys anyway. <laughs> exactly. All right. So let's wrap this baby up. It's time to put a bow on it in December. I think we're going to talk about some holiday-ish books, books possibly that take place during the holidays. Have some kind of holiday theme. Yeah, maybe that sort of thing. Of course, we'll talk about regular books as well, because I can't stop reading. I can't stop the flow of things just because you people want to have a holiday. (laughs) All right. So just get over it. I did that in... in, uh, October when we did all of our other books, but we let you read just as much as you want yeah. to. We well, will I gotta, not I gotta, hold you back. I got we another great one for down. next week that that is going to be a life changer for some people that that definitely after Nicole gets back and 
Yes, so. me too. And I'm pretty sure that Nicole will have some views on these books. She will. And next week, we will be doing a podcast, but once again, not on Friday. No. Because the Cumulus Christmas party is Friday night. And Nicole and I both are required to get yeah. drunk on the on the company dime that night. So, Well, I mean, if you have to get drunk that <laughs> night, if it's required for your job, it I is. guess it's okay. It's a requirement. Can it be required for your job for me to get drunk with you? <laughs> you know, if my husband bails out, yeah, you can come. Can I be your significant other? Sure. Can I be your date for the party? <laughs> I'll say, honey, um... Bonnie wants to go as my date, so. <laughs> no, take your husband. He'll have fun. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for. Three book girls. Two of three book two, girls? Two out of three book girls. 